with an eclectic aesthetic that is unapologetic. Today's musical guest, Johnny Polygon, affirms that he has even more layers and sides to his music than his name suggests. Experimental, hip-hop, electro, R&B, this self-proclaimed rebellious street balladeer rejects all formulas and equations for praising the immeasurable impact of creating outside the box and doing it all independent AF. I am your host, Queen Goddess, and as y'all break down the math on that, we're gonna get ready to turn all the way up on this, another live ride on B-Side. Splatter on my mom's new carpet, brand new apartment, renovated, renovated. Shout out to the world I intimidated. Regret half the girls that I penetrated, penetrated. Lyrically and spiritually, I demonstrated chivalry ain't dead. You just told it it was thirsty. Worst thing that happened to your love life was the internet. Drown your phone, read a book, or get a pet. You need some RESPECT, no disrespect. I can see the future on Sublio. Got these white girls going crazy like I'm Theo. I'm not the one, I'm not Neo. No one plays your game, that's why they call you Neo Geo. Got some blow from Mexico, baby. Because I only do things from the 80s. Sometimes the fall comes first. Get up. I am not what I am, I am a monster. People think I'm special, but I'm just an imposter. I killed a man cause he hurt my sister. He's somewhere and probably don't miss her. I'll go to hell before I go to jail. I'll burn a bridge before I give a shh. While I'm standing on it, take a... Cause I'm serious about my craziness. Have you ever... We are in Brooklyn. This is B-Side and you are tuned into Mr. Johnny Polygon. And we want to set the tone for this show and we want to set it by doing some really, really important introductions. All right? Okay. So brace yourself. I would like for you to introduce us to your hair. And I want you to tell us <laughs> creamy crack or hot oh, comb. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. No, I... I I wake up like this and I try to mess it up. Mm -hmm. I really do. And it's just not. It just I sneeze mm -hmm. and then it just, whoosh, mm -hmm. snaps right into place. So is it creamy crack or hot comb? Just for me. Just for me. Yeah. Oh, with the with the little girl on the box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I wow. I have a sensitive scalp. Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> Let's do introduce the band. Oh yeah. So this is uh, T.J. Haverkamp. Uh, uh -huh. We uh, went to high school together. I've known him since I was fourteen. He was. Uh -huh member of my very first band I was mm -hmm. I was ever in. This is uh, JT, the drummer, mm -hmm. and uh, this is Eric, the bassist, and they're, they're their own separate band called Culture Cinematic. Yeah, shout out to you guys. Yes, yes. And, and they traveled all the way 
this is actually his first trip to New York City or to yeah. Brooklyn. Oh, to both, to yeah, all of it. Y'all travel all the way yeah. to back you yeah. in the studio with your largest audience ever. Ever. And Stadium I think that's really special. And, and so you've known him since 14. I think that's a good way to talk about how this all started for you. You were 14 right. years old. Yeah. And you have so much uh, content on the interwebs that I don't want to repeat so much of it. I'm just going to encourage you to look this yes. man up and um, immerse yourselves in his immaculate Wikipedia page. We'll talk about that later, too. Um, who writes that stuff? Uh, anyway. You did. Uh, so <laughs> you did a good job, by the way. I'm about you. to send you mine. Yeah. But in all serious, 14, 14 years old, you were yeah. a b boy. You were break dancing. Yeah. And then you looked over in true fashion of the Netflix series uh, The Get Down, just like that. I swear. Right. This when I heard about this story, I was like, you looked over, you saw some people rhyming, you were like, oh, yeah. I want to do that. I had always kind of, kind of messed around with uh, rapping and um, you know writing. I used to just like, I used to write down Biggie lyrics and Tupac lyrics and uh, Eminem lyrics. I would listen, I was listening on a cassette and I would just like run it back like line for line and I would write it down. And then one day I was at a b-boy competition um, and there was a MC battle and I decided to enter it on a, on a whim. You know, which like never happened. Yeah, I don't. I was like one of those kids. I was I was fearless. Nice. You know, there uh -huh. was there was never a. I didn't have like a. Ah, maybe you shouldn't do this button. Oh. You know, it was okay. only go go go. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I ended up winning, and the judge was this. Uh, one of the judges was a DJ named DJ Shabazz, and he was like, "Yo, you're really good. You mm -hmm. should come by my home studio, and make some music." And and you were freestyling. Yeah, I was freestyling at this battle. And uh, so yeah, so I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll come by. And the next weekend, I, I spent all week at school. Um, I went to like a, a, an art school in Tulsa, Oklahoma for one year. And uh, I knew a bunch of different like musician friends uh -huh. and I got music from them. Then I went to the studio and he liked what I recorded in the studio. So he gave me 20 copies of it. And he was like, hey, come back when you get rid of all these. And then, yeah, that started my that career. So polite out in public, but animals under covers. We got bite marks and scratches. If we don't use a rubber, oh baby, love me and tear me apart. Let me eat a piece of your heart. Take me to wherever you are. It's too late, I'm dead meat. Dead, 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 dead. Dead, 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 dead. Don't worry about me. Dead, 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 dead. Let's talk about style. How much of your music is influenced by the actual style that you had once you started getting into the music, moving from an illustrious career as a b-boy? What was your style then? How did that spill over into the music? Or how much of your style is coming out of what you want to be doing with music based right. on what you're, what, you know, musically what is influencing you? I guess it just depends on what you consider style. Mm -hmm. So let's talk be, about ensemble. Yeah. I guess most of my style is um, on accident, like all my songs. Like mm -hmm. I've never actually written a song on purpose. Mm -hmm. I've tried to, and when I do, it usually, you know, usually sucks. You know, I I have the opinion that as an artist, you're kind of a a vessel for ideas that are already there. Mm -hmm. Like th those are like the best songs. Mm -hmm. They're just kind of like. They just hit you, they pop in your head. It's like, the guy who wrote the Bible, right? Mm -hmm. He didn't like have a plan to write the Bible for like a week. I think he just like 
did a bunch of shrooms and then, you know, woke up one day and was like, God's talking to me, I have to write this down. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how songs are. I think that's kind of how my style is. God be, to God be talking to you. And right, then, right. And then... Uh, or whatever you think it is, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. And what about your actual uh, style style in terms of clothing, the way you put yourself together, the images that be, you want to put out? I just try to be free, you know? Mm -hmm. Most of the stuff that I wear is like my own merchandise. <laughs> Smart. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, partly because that's like, I'll just have it in volume. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, another part is because I'm not really, I don't really put a lot of effort into an image. An image, you, you know don't. what I mean? You don't I think your all. image is whatever, like a successful image is just yourself with the volume kind of turned up. Interesting. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then, like, when you see someone who's really put a lot of thought into their image, mm -hmm. that and, and it's not really them. Mm -hmm it kind of makes me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Do you ever make people uncomfortable? Have you ever encountered, so you get a lot of praise for, you've done lots of, uh, absolutely, yeah. and that's why I want to talk about it. I know these things, I know. <laughs> yes. um, let's talk about the people who may not necessarily be, who readily be fans. You do have a cult following, which is very yeah. precious for an independent artist. Yeah, I'm really um, Especially for that. doing the style of music that you're doing. Yeah. What about the people who you encounter who are like, not so much, I'm not, I don't get it, I don't understand. Like, what has been the most poignant critique and or dismissal that you got? Um, well, one time in my old band, I was in a band called Omnicron with mm -hmm. TJ, my first band. Well, I thought it was the Oklahoma City Gangsters. <laughs> no. no, that's just our, that's just our squad name. <laughs> but uh, no, so we did, this, we did this talent show that we won the year before mm -hmm. and we went in the next year, just uh, incredibly conceited, and we were kind of like heckling the other acts, and mm -hmm. like literally every. By the time we went on stage, everything that could go wrong w went wrong. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I started with my back to the audience, and like my butt crack was hanging out, nice. and like the nice. curtains open, and then it like knocked the microphone over, and then like we're all playing a different tempo, mm -hmm. and then I abandon the song, and I just jump on the judges table, and I start freestyling battling them, and like people start booing, and then I start battling like the people booing. I was like, you in the red jersey, you, you're not worthy, and all this stuff. And you know, the next day, you know, I woke up, and I was like still breathing. Yes. And. I still loved music, mm -hmm. and that was kind of the moment where I was like, okay, like this is what I'm going to be doing with like the rest of my life. Like an 80, 90 years old. Yeah, because mm -hmm. I mean that was like worst case, worst case scenario. And has it never happened again like that bad? I mean, I played bad shows before, okay. but it doesn't really phase me. I think being being an artist and trying to make a living off of your art mm -hmm. is like a process of elimination of people who don't like you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So you're in a room of people and 50 of them don't like you and two of them do. Just make sure that those two people are at the next show and it's gonna be better than when you were in the room full of people. Who are don't they leave. here? Yeah, there's like several of the two several people. of them. Like, <laughs> and I they see are them all from the Oklahoma. <laughs> um, this has never happened in Brooklyn. There's never been this many roll. people from Oklahoma in the building at one that's time. In Even if we didn't hang out in Oklahoma, we'll yeah. hang out here. I, that's just how that goes. There's a tiny violin. They started playing it as soon as I walked in. That looming doom cloud. I was in a mood. The world was in one too. What do we do from here? Our love is changing while I'm still anticipating. 
sarcastic You have been described by Herb Magazine as being risky but authentic. Let's talk about the risk of someone who shapeshifts and changes so much and who moves so much. How has this enhanced and how has this challenged your career? Um, I think it's, uh, I've always been of the opinion that I don't think there's any one-dimensional people in the world. Mm -hmm. So I don't know why there's one-dimensional artists. Mm -hmm. You know, I think you're No, it makes perfect sense. Right. But, you know, when we think strategically about, especially when you have a cult following, I think one of the baselines of a cult following is that they know what they're coming to you for. You hold that thing that is right. their shining beacon of light. And right. when you shapeshift so much, how does that affect your core fan base? I mean, I think that they come to me for me in whatever mm -hmm. capacity I, I am expressing myself in at that moment. I mean... I don't think anyone has fans or followers that love every single thing that they put out. But if, if they appreciate you as a person and as an artist, then it's, it's more about like the principle of them supporting what you're doing. And they know that like on every project they're going to have you know, they're gonna have their joints. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? So let's have a real talk moment. Yeah. When you are sitting at home, yeah. and not, your manager's not there, the band is not there, the um, 12 people who follow you consistently are <laughs> right. not there. When, yeah. when, when you're they're thinking about, right yes, mm -hmm. when you're thinking about the ebb and flow, the transitions that you've made, the changes, and you are using your own personal rubric to gauge your success or yeah. where you thought you would be. What is that conversation? That's what I want to know. I mean, for me, I've never been, I've never been like the huge internet number mm -hmm. guy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So what is your... I've been on tour with those guys. Okay. And they're not, most of them don't actually bring, have any real fans. You know what I mean? It's very surface. Like people who they could identify with. People who support them. Really? You know, they have people who like, like that song. Mm -hmm. They have people who like their pictures on Instagram mm -hmm. or whatever, but they, it's not, it doesn't like convert into real So what are you life. saying? You have real life fans. I mean, I would rather have 12 people in real life that yeah. come to and my that shows has, and that support that has been me. enough for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd, ra I'd take 12 real people over 12,000 followers. Okay. And like so on, on your vision board at home, when you're thinking about like, because <laughs> I know you have a vision board. I what, do not. Yeah, you do. You do. <laughs> I, do. I know what it is you though. Do. I know you have a vision board. I can tell. <laughs> You look yes. like a walking and I am, thank you. And I want my geometric pants just yes. for this show. You're welcome. Yes. When you are thinking about what would be the moment that made that 14-year-old decision possible, you are a high school dropout. Like right. Kanye stole college dropout from you. you right. It's like you one-upped him. They all stole yes. everything from you me. You one-upped him. When you're thinking about, yo, when you want to sit back and take a sigh of relief, I have arrived at my grandest vision for yourself. What is that vision? Mm. I mean, just having enough money to put out the next idea. I think that's, that's it. That's, that's it for me. I don't have this, I, I, you know, kind of the further you get, the further you realize, you know, you've been climbing this hill and you get to the top of it, then you realize there's a mountain, mm -hmm. you know? And it's just, I, I think the journey is kind of my goal. The journey is the goal. Being, being happy and satisfied in the journey is like, you know, the, the, kind of like the ultimate mind trick that you have to play like as an artist like of course there's things that I want to do more of you know what I mean I'd love to play more like huge festivals and in stadiums but I'm just not down to get there 
I, I'm not down to compromise to get there. Got you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If like if I do end up there, I'll be there just 100% because I followed my heart. And if not, then I'm cool with like playing these basements for kids that are like down to pay, mm -hmm. you know, $250 for, you know, the shirt I wore or something like that. You know what I mean? Like that to me is more satisfying. You want, then break your heart before you know the whole thing's over. So get to know me, then love me, OD. I could be a new addiction. Be everything you want, then break your heart. Before you know the whole thing's over. So get to know me, then love me, OD. OD, 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 OD. Let us talk about family really quickly. Yeah. So it's very rare for somebody to be like, yo, I'm gonna leave high school and I'm gonna spit these bars. Right. I'm gonna do, I'm gonna rhyme, I'm gonna do all the things that makes most parents cringe. But your dad was like, "Yeah, well, it ain't gonna happen here. Get in the car and let me drive you to where it's gonna happen. Yes. That's very rare. Let's give a shout out to your father and let's yes. talk about the difference that that makes. Oh. Oh. He's all around us. He's all around us. Uh, yeah, I, I think that, um, I mean, my parents just wanted me to do something. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't matter what, I mean, just as long as I was giving all of my effort into something that wasn't, uh, you know, like running the streets or, uh -huh. you know, anything like that. And I think that my parents, you know, I think the generation before us, I, I, everyone has a little artist in them or yeah. they have like, you know what I mean? That it's maybe like, didn't get a chance to. Yeah, play. yeah, yeah. You know, it's like people in LA, it's like, what do you, what do, you do? And they're like, oh, I'm a waiter. It's like, but what do you really do? Oh. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, what do you want to be doing? Bust out that Jodeci riff real quick. Right. Go back to <laughs> right. busting tables. Right, um, that's exactly. Your parents, you're an 80s baby. Yeah. Um, and so that's, you know, 80s crack hit the 80s crack <laughs> that hit the 80s really hard. Yeah. And we, this song was called New Addiction. Um, yes. We want to know, what are your addictions, maybe not necessarily drugs, um, and depending on how well you answer that question, I have an answer for you. So okay. you go first, and then I mean, I'll probably go. just like freedom. Your you addiction know. is freedom. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like I just need to, I can't have anybody telling me what to do. So there's no nine to five happening anywhere in your chart. Right. I'm the worst employee. Of, of all time? Of yeah, all you did, time. you got fired from every job that you had. Every, you, every yeah. job, or I kind of fired myself. Mm -hmm. I, I can't process spending most of my time, like, most of my day working for someone else's uh, dream or bank account and I'm, I'm mad and I like get off work and I'm just in like a really, uh, ooh, I was about to cuss, I'm so sorry. It's okay, sir. But I did not. You have a perm. I did so not, exactly. You really, there's a, I think there's some <laughs> leeway. Right, it's not cussing, it's French. It's sophisticated. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, but, okay, so, I, my answer for you, you have an addiction for writing about love or some version of it. Yes. And I'm not asking you any questions about that. But yeah. this shows up, you know how difficult it is, this shows up in yeah. a lot of your material. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell I think love is more of like a metaphor. You know what I mean? It's like, I think, and, or at least in my music, it's more about like 
what are you willing to suffer mm-hmm. for? So you're not always talking about a person? No, no, okay. no, no. What percentage of time are you talking about an actual human being? I mean, very, I don't really write. It's not your thing. Autobi- like, like I said before about like, you know, the songs are kind of written already mm-hmm. and I just kind of like pluck them out of a tree. Okay. I understand that I'm the person saying yeah. the things, but it's part of like, Expressing like not having a filter when you're expressing yourself. I mean, there's things that I've said in my music from you know when I was 16 mm-hmm. that I like don't agree with at all oh. anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's a little, it gets a little tricky there, kind of performing things with the same conviction mm-hmm. as when I was a 16 year old oh. kid. Yeah, it was just like, yeah, I smoke weed and I smoke a lot of it. Right, you which know? is like, really important in hip hop. I think that there's some people who are in the perpetual state of uh, teenagehood. The fire in my soul Mix together and the weather will be fine Forever, wouldn't it be fun Pretending I'm the only one Wouldn't it be terrible To say you and me were miserable Shouldn't we just make believe Everything was kosher we're living like we're supposed to. Everything was kosher. Can't fall asleep if powder is all you breathe at night. Black tar, cigarettes, and alcohol. You in an interview that you did on a hot box TV, they said, What is Johnny Polygon about? And you said, bitches. Blunts and beaches. Did I really? You did, quote. I do not remember quote, that. I know you don't. Yeah. yeah. It was uh, a hot box TV, if anybody understands that's what that true. means. That's not true. <laughs> um, so, uh, can we, should we go deeper into that about like what that means for you? Like, um, uh, who your is, favorite there, is there deeper into that? I, maybe. I think so. I mean, first of all, it's an excellent use of alliteration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, who's your favorite That's bitches? what happens when you get interviewed by your friends. It's oh. like, and then no, there's no. There's and then no. they have huge internet followings, and right. then the next thing you know, you know, 100,000 people have seen you being sarcastic with your with Sarcasm. Your yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So you, you, okay, let's talk about lyrical content. First okay. of all, I'm curious. Has anyone ever come up to you and said you are my favorite MC? I mean, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And when they say that, what do they say about you that makes you their favorite? Um, wow, that is a really uncomfortable question. Is it? I always think that the shortest conversation you should ever have is like how awesome you are. It's like... Yes, you want to. But it's also contrary to hip-hop, right? Hip-hop is really all about how awesome you are. And yeah, but that's like so... Ugh. No? Ah. All right. I, mean, I think what if did you're talking say? about how awesome you are, you must not really think you're what, that the awesome. The reason why I'm asking this question, so in hip-hop, which a lot of people don't understand, they think it's like one small thing. It's a big umbrella of a thing. And under mm-hmm. that, you have so many different kinds of people. I can understand that there are hip-hop purists who would look at you and be like, that ain't hip-hop, that's right. not enough, you know, it's too much singing or whatever. And then right. you have people from another generation and like, this is a great balance yeah. of lyrics, but also like melody and like other kind of things going on. Yeah. So if someone does come up to you and say, specifically that you're my favorite MC, that's big because what you're doing is actually an amalgamation of a whole bunch of other things that a lot of average hip hop artists are not doing. And I still have a piece of me that, you know, I think you have to have that to even be, even be an MC. You know what I mean? So is it flow? Is it flow? I think it's flow. I think it's just more about like what your, uh, like what your truth is. You know what I mean? So it's like, Back the people who are like really connecting with your lyrics, it's not because it's 
you said so many metaphors so fast, so okay. complicated. Uh -huh. It's it's the simple stuff that they're like, yeah, I just had sex at eight thirty two. Like, okay, <laughs> so finding finding cool ways to say the simple stuff that people right. can relate to. I got you. Right. You right. do consider yourself a bit of a storyteller. You visuals and being able to direct and paint pictures around yeah. the songs is also important. But there's something about you that is really interesting. I'm curious how all of this is going to spill over into that. You want to do children's books. Yes, you know, I, I've I've been tossing around the idea for a little bit, but it's just like, I just wanted to do a children's book just like about death. Of course. But it's not, not like, <laughs> so like not in like a dark way, but just like some people experience loss before other people. And, you know, kids, most kids stuff is all like candy and clouds and, and there's no way where they can really like understand uh, like grief gotcha. so it's so like, you want to attack big issues for and make it simple or accessible for young just people that one, just that. or just that one yeah. so after the death book that's it for for children's stories maybe maybe i'll do like a death two or something <laughs> <laughs> Round. We want to oh. get these last things in very yes. quickly so we can do this last song. I, I, first of all, I'm excited when you turn 80, you're going to listen back to your whole catalog. I'm like, damn it, I was talking about love. I didn't realize it. Moving right along. Okay, <laughs> so singing versus rapping, which one is your favorite? Which one do you enjoy doing the most? Go. Uh, I mean, there's uh, apples and oranges. Okay. So. We went into fruit. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go with singing because I could feel it when you were really going there for that. Right. Let's talk I didn't really do much band rap. Band versus drum mm -hmm. machine. Band versus drum machine. So you have a couple of different configurations for what you should. I mean, on stage the band, of course. Oh, the band, of course. <laughs> band, turn and look that way so we can get. I, I mean, would not trade them in for a piece a of easier. easily okay. transportable machinery. Good. Let's leave it at that. Never. Let's really quickly. Let's name your top five um, influences as far as MCs go. Uh, let's see. I don't know about the other four, but probably number one would probably be Slug from Atmosphere. Wow, that's the first time in life yeah. that I have ever heard nah, that nah. slug from atmosphere. atmosphere. Yeah. For like, you know, whatever, Pac, Biggie. You know, whatever, like Nas, like you know, like all of those guys, yeah, yeah, but yeah. you know, whatever. And, and I think that's all we have uh, time for, but I did hear that you have one of the worst at tattoos of all time. And so Which I, one? I think it's the lower back. Is that one? <laughs> no, <laughs> the no. one of you on my lower back? <laughs> no, it's me? Oh, beautiful. I just got it. Do better. Got it. Yeah, Do yeah. better. Um, <laughs> there's so much to think about. You have an EP out called Teddy Bear Massacre right now? Yes, it's, it's coming out. It's coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have seven albums that we know about, but there's 20 others on top of that that exist. Yes. You got to go home and figure it out. As today's mathematics was all about this guy, Johnny Polygon, <laughs> we want you all to go and do your homework. Listen out for his music, performances, comedy, and for extra credit, try to guess what other variables, styles, and genres he will take on next. We appreciate your wit and grit and look forward to hearing you evolve by any geometric means necessary. And in that meantime, the rest of y'all can bring your A game to brush up on your B side by checking out our YouTube channel using the hashtag BSideBK and our podcast on soundcloud.com slash B-Side Podcast. 
I am your host. Queen God is wishing all you Brooklynites out there love, peace, and high vibrational realness. Till next time. I want to make her fall in love. The B-Side Podcast is produced by Charlie Hoxie, Keisha Cole, Roe Johnson, and Sasha Mathias. Recorded by Onel Mulet and edited by Kyrell Palmer. For more information about B-Side and all Brick Radio podcasts, check out brickartsmedia.org slash radio. La, 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 la.